a word of warning. The following podcast contains spoilers, alcohol consumption, and careless babbling by two inebriated women. Please enjoy the show. Welcome to the Absurd Cinema Lounge, the place for cool cocktails and bizarre celluloid. Come in, join your hosts, Kara and Tony, as they discuss the 1981 horror film, Ghost Story, and quench their thirst with today's featured cocktail, The Sidecar. The lounge is now open. Welcome back to the lounge, guys. This is Tony. And I'm Kara. And we're back again for episode 10. Ooh. What are we going to be doing this time? We are doing a nice film from 1981 called Ghost Story. Ooh, boogie boogie. Ooh. Kind of exciting. I know, right? Hey, we're at episode 10. Do you ever think we were getting to 10? Think back of all the bad movies. No. <laughs> oh, we haven't even good, bad. touched it. It's I, a good bad. Yes, yes, yes. I, I, We have not even touched bad movies, really. I mean, these have been... <laughs> these have all nice. been good movies. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Hey, what have you been watching or doing lately? Drinking? Anything fun? Uh, well, I've been keeping up with The Secrets of Playboy. <laughs> that was some crazy... I have stuff. not watched that. Alleged stuff yeah. happening. Any little juicy tidbits you want to share? You if, have for those of you who have I mean, not heard this. We all know, you know, Hugh Hefner was more than just the, you know, uh, li- you know, liberation of women and, you know, and all that stuff. There was more going on with that crazy man and what he what liked and his, you know, his... You know, we all know the Playboy Mansion and the stories, but there was so much more. Yeah, I, I, I've heard some things that you've told me. I have not watched this personally, but yeah, I don't know. I might be mad if I watch that show. Well, I mean, <laughs> I grew up on The Girls Next Door and, you yeah. know, it, it's like, oh, yeah, it's seven girlfriends and all that craziness. So definitely a, another perspective on the situation, at least, you know. There was some stuff, I, I think in the beginning, the whole, you know, women have rights, and he did a lot of good things as far as, you know, culturally and, um, you know, stand up for your right. You know, it's not. But there was something behind that. Yes. He used that as a controlling kind of right. thing. You know, a lot of, you know, race and things like that, you know, when a time when things weren't. Um, accepted for women to make their own money and different races and you know and things like that so even though it was a a lucrative job for them it you know it gave a lot of insight to what they went through yeah I mean from what I understand is that he would uh, 
you know, you thought that he was for all that, which I'm sure he was, you know, women's rights and all of that. But from what you told me, there was things going on in the background um, that was a little bit uh, yeah, well, creepy. 1960, Hugh Hefner. In 1980, Hugh Hefner, 85, Hugh Hefner were totally different. So this kind of makes me think, because this is 81, this movie Ghost Story came out. Yeah. You know, so this would have been a movie, you know, obviously he was into the old Hollywood. So this kind of reminds me right. of um, that time. You know, Fred Astaire is in Ghost Story and Douglas Bayer Banks Jr. Um, Douglas. Who's oh, the Melvin other? Douglas. Melvin Douglas. Yeah. And um, of course. Oh, John Houseman. John Houseman. Yeah. And, you know, of course. Um, all these older Patricia Neal and yeah, all yeah. the older. I mean, Alice Craig is in this too. Mm-hmm. I mean, she wasn't an older, right, right, right. You know, star. But as far as these were stars that starred back in the twenties and thirties and production movies code, and, yeah, fifties, yeah, and this was something Hugh Hefner was um, all about. Now, obviously, Ghost Story probably was not something he was watching. Right, right, right. <laughs> he was more into the the glamorous life, and uh, with these stars starred in those. You know, right. our, our stars of today's movie would have been in. Well, if we move away from Hugh Hefner and all that. Oh, so like, now, and I, I've been drinking lots of tequila. Back to you have. <laughs> Holy well, cow! National Wine Day was. Um, I, I did. Drink Friday, wine. yes, February eighteenth. I, I drank a lovely cherry wine and also a blueberry wine that day, and nice. I I watched you know some movies. One of the movies I watched during those. Um, wine uh, drinking I watched uh, 1980 I think it's 80 1980 film Contamination mm. it's an Italian horror I, movie I do remember that one yeah um, where they have the alien eggs that um, that kind of pulsate when they get warm and then they explode and then whatever their contents are the yolk or whatever gets on the person and then like makes them explode <laughs> So do they only get warm and explode when people are around? I now you know what they do. I'm thinking like yeah because for some reason they that that's when the, all the threatening things happen is when people are around of course, but when they're not around an incubation type of area or whatever, they're harmless. But whatever's inside of them, you know, kind of makes them explode and. And the eggs, when they breathe, they sound like Chubsy Wubsy from like the oh God. Um, Teletubbies. No, oh. <laughs> from the Little Rascals. Oh. <laughs> Do you ever remember that sound effect? It was like more, 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 more. That's what they sound like. Uh, but yeah, that sounds then, like a nightmare. Well, there is, and then the, at the end of the movie, there's this like giant like cyclops thing mm-hmm. that has mind control, and he eats the people. Like, he makes them come to them and he eats them. Yeah. It's just a crazy film. It's, it really is. And I just remember, you know, being with my husband and I'd make him watch these things. <laughs> oh, he was probably like, what in the world I just told, drinking? I know, right? I just told him the other day. I'm like, hey, we're going to watch Extro from, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen Extro. No. Um, it is a <laughs> total mind warp thing. The things on the, the that we want to do on on this show, I want to show Tony these like crazy movies and have her, you know, see her 
reaction to them and her input on them and put them on the show. We haven't really done that. Sometimes I'm like, okay, hey, I want you to watch this movie. And she's like, okay, well, where do I find this movie? And it's like, so we had to figure out how she can find this movie because a lot of these movies I own. So, and honestly, I don't even have a Blu-ray player anymore. I, <laughs> I think Tony needs a birthday present. <laughs> Tony's birthday is coming up soon, so maybe I the lounge needs to birthday gift Tony a DVD player, Blu-ray player. I think that's what we do. That has some streaming capabilities built in. Oh, that like sounds smart so fancy. <laughs> so but yeah, that's what I was watching and doing wine day and uh, watching contamination. And uh, I, I don't watch the Olympics. I, I used to have in- interest in them, but I don't. Oh, anymore. let me tell you, when she said used to have interest, we were seeing <laughs> Brian Boitano skate and we were going to shows and we were keeping up with the stats and, uh, oh my you God. know, Victor Petrenko and <laughs> Elvis Stoiko. That? <laughs> we're talking about like. I love Tara and Johnny. I follow them. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And they've had some input in this whole yes. thing. I've seen some and clips. I did watch some of it because the hardest part is, I mean, with now we can watch anything we want at any time we want. So when it airs, you know, it's very different. Um, I did watch the Project Runway with Tara and Johnny mm-hmm. um, about them getting, because um, they, they wore their fashions the other night. So I had to watch that. I was going to say, did they make like skater no, they, well, that was the thing. They wanted cost, um, um, on-air looks that weren't skater-like. I oh, mean, you know, okay. Johnny is very tailored but very structured, and she's very, I mean, she's petite. And also when they're sitting, they, they're they from the waist up. So it can't be a skater's costume or right. the chest are going to be exposed. Exactly, you know? yeah. So it's just kind of, they're very into fashion, and their friendship is so genuine and so real and so exciting to watch right um especially when they don't really get to see each other you know and then covid and all that and so then to see them on air together and even that other guy that co-hosts with them i can't tom or i can't remember his name he's okay too yeah but the show is about them too yeah but it was so hard because it was a very emotional um ladies uh figure skating competition this time at the olympics in beijing you know that the doping scandal and how it just unbelievable how it was the Russians and she was, I mean, if you haven't been following or live on, you know, I don't want to say live under a rock, but it's in the news, you know, the girl, she you was accused. Snippets of it. Yeah. yeah, she was accused and they let her skate and it was like a Tanya Harding thing all over. She kept falling and had a horrible time, but if you can imagine this poor 15 year old girl obviously was not doping on her own, you know, the whole I'm sure community around her was help, you know, making, you know, having her do this, but they also have other skaters in the camp that did not test positive that were skating and the girl, cause she didn't get gold. Basically I hate my sport. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not accepting the medal, just a, a silver medal. Like mm. what the heck? <laughs> yeah. The stuff that like you, you never heard to of where before. It like the judges, and even the commentators to tears and was just like, oh, is this really happening? Right, 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 right. Wow. But on to other things. Here. On to our show, right? So I our know. story, our, so our, our movie today is, like we said, was 1981's uh, supernatural horror film, which, you know, I had to throw that supernatural yes. in there. A ghost story by John Irvin, 
um, that was starring Fred Astaire, Melvin Douglas, Douglas Fairbanks Jr., John Houseman, Craig Watson, and Alice Creek. Uh, it was based on a novel, Kara. Mm-hmm. And did you read the novel, or do you know what the novel's name was? Um, it's the same name. Okay, so it was the same name. But it's totally different than the film. Is I, there I'm not anybody sh- that wrote it that we would know? Or It's by um, <laughs> Peter Stroud. Um, yeah, and I, I have, I, in all honesty, when I watched this film, knowing what the, the novel was about, I felt like that they were trying to reach certain things from the novel but changing it so mm-hmm. things didn't make quite a lot of sense on certain aspects but um because we'll i did that. not read the novel no neither did i um so i watched the movie as just a movie yeah um it, and you didn't know anything about i the didn't novel. know anything about it Perfect. i will say when you look over okay so when you go and you're like what am i going to watch and you read like the comments of or the you know the overview the of synops- like, the story synopsis. of the story yeah, yeah the synopsis it, you know it says follows a group of elderly businessmen in New England who gather to recount their involvement in a woman's death decades prior when one of them suspects her ghost has been haunting him. So it's kind of like, oh. But but that's not... I don't really get that then after we watched it. I mean, some of those words were in the movie. (laughs) And that synopsis is not true to what the movie is. So I'm actually going to have announcer guy give a more different synopsis for that i mean um yeah it's it's really different than that they make it sound like it's one person i i you know um this well when it says one of them yeah yeah the one did but it was like two against two in a way because two were like yeah whatever and we saw what happened to them and the other two were like yeah we were wrong yeah (laughs) it's just a little bit different than that whole synopsis but I don't know about you, but what's our drink? <laughs> Let's get that going, and then we can tell these listeners, yes. these loungers, all yes. about this. So the cocktail for today is going to be a classic cocktail that was popular in the 1920s because our movie has a connection with the 1920s. Um, you could probably tell by the music from the opening of the show. Uh, <laughs> um, is a classic sidecar. So our sidecar is is pretty, you know, simple drink, but uh, classic. So what we're going to do is we're going to have announcer guy give us our synopsis of the movie, something totally different than what was on what Tony said, and we're going to come back and we're going to give you the details of the cocktail. So we will be right back after this. Today's film is a spooky classic from 1981. Our story revolves around the Chowder Society, an exclusive club made up of four octogenarian gentlemen who spend their time drinking and telling each other ghost stories. However, they never imagined they would be visited by a real supernatural entity. Who is the ghostly woman that wants them dead? And why? Is there something sinister that the men are hiding? So, let's see how Tony likes this. I've given her the little foofy glass. Something a little prettier. Nice little sugar rim. Yep. Here we go. We'll try it out. How many ticks? I think it's going to be strong for her because it has cognac. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> 23 skidoo! <laughs> 
it tastes like orange juice, but like strong orange juice. Actually, it's good. I like it. I like it a lot. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. All right. As usual, I'm going to put the photo of the cocktail and the ingredients so that you guys can share it as well. All right. So let's start. Ghost Story, 1981. And um, so where did you watch this? I actually watched it through... Uh, I don't actually own this one. So I watched it on Amazon. Which we recorded it, remember? I mean, I've seen this one, but when we first watched it, to, we watched it together yeah. in New Orleans yeah. um, on vacation. On my laptop. In um, a bed. Oh, woo, scared. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm joking. We watched it on a laptop and um, it was okay. Um, I, I did watch it a second time before this recording of the show I um because I always like to kind of feel things out like maybe catch something I didn't see beforehand or heard something and I did find that with the second viewing I heard a lot of things that I didn't hear before there was a lot of you know the ghost crying and the ghosts laughing do you know what though I think the music did not match Oh really? The story, and it was like, too or too much of an orchestral. And it was uh, orchestral. Yes, like when the, the the intense part, like the killings, were going to happen. It was like high pitch, happy music, and it was weird. Yeah. And it was just overall that the music was weird. Mm -hmm. But I do like the concept of the movie. There were a few things where I'm like, "What's that? That's stupid." But We'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. The overall story of four old men mm -hmm. get together every week or, you know, they have their, they call it the chowder society. Mm -hmm. They get together, they tell a ghost story to scare the shit out of them. And drink brandy. And drink, which, hey, that sounds like us. I, I would, be, yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, I would be all for that. Chowder society all yeah, the way. Yeah, I was like, hey, we're going to do this. And, yeah. you know, so... That whole thing, and they scare each other. They've been doing it for years. They're like now in their seventies and eighties, mm -hmm. and that's how they pass. You know, right. they pass the time. They're retired. You know, one right. was a lawyer, one or, right, or a businessman, and a doctor, doctor, lawyer. Yeah, and that's how the story opens. Like, first off, it opens with a black screen, um, and it's kind of creepy. You've got just this wind blowing and I thought and I made a note to myself like that's kind of creepy just mm -hmm. wind blowing it's a black screen with that's your credits and my notes were what the hell is going on <laughs> and then um I thought okay that's cool and then it opens up to where it's a shot of a and it's a matte painting most of it's a matte painting mm -hmm. but it's the town in a wintry scene and then our four men, they're all having nightmares, it seems like, at the same time. Except for one. He just sits up and drinks, John Hausman's character. But that's probably why he doesn't sleep. He right. drinks, stays up to drink, right. to not think. Right. So as these men are having their nightmares, there's this ghostly, there's a woman crying. Just a constant crying. And, okay, so they're having these, you know, you don't get much information from these dreams. And then 
you know, they wake up from their dreams. And um, after their dreams are over, we cut to another scene. And we're now in a city where there's high rises and we go into this apartment where there's a bathtub. And the bathtub is overflowing with water. First, I'm like, what the hell? Don't you know your bathtub's overflowing with water? Mm-hmm. Because obviously the guy's in there and he's with a woman. And the woman is laying face down. She's butt-ass naked. On the couch. Uh, she, on a bed. Yeah, on a, you know, on the something. Bed. Yeah, she's laying on something. She's not in the bathtub. Right. And her face is covered. Like, she's got her face in the pillow. So you don't see her face. And you just see her long, like, kind of auburn hair. And he's asking her these questions like, who are you? Which I thought, like, what, did you just pick this woman up? You know, what are you? Who are you? And there's no answers. And and then um, he's still not getting an answer from her. Mind, mind you that the, the bathtub's overflowing. That's bothering me. That the bathtub's <laughs> overflowing in the other room. Um, <laughs> when he's asking her, who are you? What are you? She says, I am you. Whatever that means, you know. He still doesn't see her face. No. So then he finally grabs her, turns her over, and she's got this rotted face, skeletal she, rotted face. He freaks out, backs up. And goes through the window. Goes through the window of the high-rise apartment, and he falls Which down. Which is the best part of and the whole movie. Tony, because I know she wants to tell you about this. So as he's falling, the towel flies off him. Because he's naked, because he was in the overflow bathtub? I guess waiting to go to the bathtub? I don't know. And he's butt-ass naked. And the little Willie is just (laughs) waving in the wind, which I don't understand. I mean, I guess. Why? Yeah, why? What did that have to serve? And I'm just saying, I mean, obviously, if it was a girl, if she was naked, whatever. But I I don't understand why they could have just shot his face. (laughs) But see, we're always used to seeing naked women. Well, that's okay. True. So when we see full frontal male nudity, we're like, oh. Right, like, we're like, oh, rewind that. I um, know, but why Why do we feel like that? I don't, I don't know. Even we're, though, like, more shocked. Yeah. So then he falls face first uh-huh. into, by the swimming pool. And I, now I feel like, okay, because this, this, we don't know much by this time. Water plays a big thing in this movie. Mm-hmm. And we'll find out later. We'll tell you later. Most of you already know this movie, but we'll go into it later. I feel like because water plays an important part in this movie, why didn't they have him go into the pool? But that's just me. Yeah. No, that would make sense. But right. that's he did fall next to it. Right. So they cut back to... So first, you know, this movie was filmed um, in a couple different areas. Mm-hmm. Um in Woodstock, Vermont, which gives that whole like little little town town in New England feel. Yeah. Um, Sarasota Springs, New York, and then for some scenes because we do go to a university, Stetson University in Deland, Florida, mm-hmm. um, and that would be another part of the movie that we'll talk about. But um, it okay. So this was also just uh, before we get into the men, the four older gentlemen, Fred Astaire. It was their last uh, film. 
Fred Astaire, Fairbanks, and Douglas, um, which Douglas died um, four months before the film's release. Uh, it's kind of sad. But it, this was all their last film. And they had not acted in a film. Many years. Many years. Like, we're talking 30s, 40s, or 50s. Like, you know, Fred Astaire was obviously dancing away in mm -hmm. the 50s. Oh, yeah. And I am a huge classic movie fan, so I know all of these guys So beforehand. kind of, it's an odd, I mean, it's an ironic, a crazy, because you, could you imagine you're an 80-year-old and you've had this, you know, great life. And they were like, we want you to do this film and... You know, your friends, I mean, I'm sure the friends were, I mean, they're all friends, you know, we're probably they like, knew each other. yeah, they're like, oh, this would be cool. And you were like, this would probably be my last movie that I'll be known <laughs> for, whether or not it's a success or not. Right. So it's just, that's kind of interesting. Um, I, I do like the concept of the chowder society. I, you know, I think that's pretty cool because I would be part of that. Um, so... The guy, he dies. Um, mm -hmm. So then we cut His down. name was David. Yes. And this was in New York. The death was. Right. So then we cut to the small town. Um, the dad of David, his name is Ned. Who was which character? He, like, which? He was uh, Douglas, Douglas Fairbank. Oh, God. I, I just lost my train of thought. They all look kind of the same, except Fred Astaire. Wasn't it? Melvin Douglas. Melvin. Melvin uh, yeah. Douglas. Melvin Douglas' son, he played yes. the dad, and so his son fell out the window. Right. And then, so the what we find out is um, the guy who fell out of the window was David. He has a twin brother named Don. However, And we say twins, it's the same actor. It's the same actor. <laughs> so we Craig know what Wasson. his willy looks like. Yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> and Craig Wasson. So Craig Wasson, uh, he was known to play a few movies, not very many, Body Heat was one of them, and also um, Nightmare on Elm Street. The Dream, Dream Warriors. Warriors. I knew she was going to say Which that. Don Dockin <laughs> kind of busting out with, um, what was that? George Lynch. George Lynch playing the guitar. <laughs> and be like, we're the Dream Warriors. <laughs> Watching it on MTV. Yep. Um, one of the best, I think, Nightmare on Elm Street, because they kind of gave to the heavy metal and mm -hmm. the time period. Was that your favorite uh, Nightmare on Elm Street? It was, but it was not just because of that. I, I, we'll go into that another time. But <laughs> as far as the scariness, I don't. I didn't find it as scary because right, it, was it was like, comical. I was like, ooh, we got some heavy hitters in this movie. Did not age well. Um, but anyway, <laughs> well, so, so... So let's go back to... Yeah. So we go to... Um, well, so, so this is getting crazy here. So this Jerry Springer stuff, if you guys know who Jerry Springer is or <laughs> Maury Povich yeah. or stuff, is, it's going to get crazy. So I'll let Kara to talk about this. So, <laughs> yeah. So we find out that, you know, there's a twin brother. His name is David. And the dad calls him to tell him that his, you know, brother has passed away and killed himself. And nobody understands why. And so the dad, the Don is the is the twin brother's name, and Don and the dad are not very close. Uh, you know, he seems like he's didn't the dad like David better than Don? Yes, that's okay. that's the whole vibe you get. You know, and just their whole relationship seems strange. 
So they're not very friendly. They no, don't really talk. It's like, eh. yeah. And then so he ends up telling um, dad oh. that didn't they didn't he go to the chowder society and tell the chowder? Not, well, later on. OK, but um, he tells his dad that he I think he should have reworded it, but he told his dad that he slept with his fiance. With David's fiance. David's fiance. And I'm like, ah, yeah. After viewing it the second time, you probably should have reworded that. But right. we'll There's find out. There's a whole we'll other story. We'll come, all, we'll come back to that. So, um, and then we cut to that. You know, the dad's like, you slept with his wife, you know, future wife. And he's just pissed. And it's like, wait a minute. You know, but but we, in dad's defense. He didn't know. He didn't know the whole story. Right. And this is where it gets crazy. So then we cut to the the old men of the Chowder Society. They're having more nightmares. They have these constant nightmares. Um, they seem to be getting worse. They're they're getting worse. At least, and they I all so. happen at the same time. And except for Sir uh, Sears, John Houseman's character, um, which. Constantly is drinking. He just sits by a fire. I guess that's his type of nightmare. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't fall asleep. He's never drinking and or he's never sleeping and having nightmares. He's like, one, two, Fred's come for you. <laughs> and, um, John, you know, when I speak of John Houseman, people probably would remember him. Uh, he was the storyteller at the beginning of The Fog. Oh, yeah. And, so you the, know, Adrian Bardo. Barbo, yeah. Barbo. See, I call it Bardo. Adrian Bubo. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of my favorite. Um, that is my favorite, I guess, originals. Yeah. As we know, like, yeah. Because they redid the fog also. Yeah. Anyway. Movie battle. Um, so, yeah, we may have to cover that sometime. So, anyway, um, so now then, uh, after all this happens, it seems like the next day, Ned goes out into the snow, and he seems confused. And he's like, like an old Alzheimer's Like he's man. wearing like pajamas yes. and like a coat open. And he's and toddling, out, toddling out in the snow, and he thinks he sees his son David. And he's like, David! He's yelling, David! And he's wearing these ugly glasses, yep. and his hair is blowing around. Yep. And David's not responding to him, but he keeps toddling on after him, and he's going toward this bridge. It goes over the river. And through the snow. Yes. And it's cold. It's cold. I wouldn't be going out there. I'm sorry. So he goes to the river. And there's no David. Doesn't know what's happening. So he's looking around. And he there's a tow truck, uh, snowplow driver that comes up. And he's doing his job. He's plowing snow. And then he, Ned turns around. Because he hears a voice that goes, Ned. And he's like whispering it to him. What? And he turns around. And then there's just like this zombie skeletal face that comes up behind him. And he gets freaked out. And he falls off the bridge. And he falls into the frozen river. He doesn't fall into the river. It's just on it. He's on it. <laughs> and busts his face or whatever. Um, and, and he dies. And he dies. So then people are like, oh... Well, Why'd he kill himself? It's like, eh. and but but however, like so, Fred Astaire, who plays Ricky, he's like, um, I don't, 
I don't think so. Ricky has some type of like he thinks things are connected. Like yeah, there's something that they all want to talk about. But John Houseman seems like he's the leader of the Powder Society, and he doesn't want them to talk about anything. He wants to shut them up. Whenever they try to talk about stuff, he doesn't want to hear it. So they all decide they're talking after this, you know, poor old man's death. And they're all in there. And the doctor, who is Douglas Fairbanks Jr., um, is he's very, very upset. He wants to discuss his dreams. And he's like, why won't anybody listen to me? We need to talk about this. Like, he's very upset. Ricky's okay to talk about it, which is Fred Astaire. But John Hausman's character, no. And then um, the wife of Douglas. Who totally looked like Dorothy. Yeah, her name was. The Arthur, but it wasn't. Was her name Millie? Yeah. I think, I mean, that, yeah. I think that was his wife's name, Millie. It, it was, you know, and also the whole scare of this movie, like the, the death scenes, was a throwback to like the 30s and the 40s where very quick yeah they would that's what they did they would throw a scary face at you at the audience you know and then yeah. the character would die you know so it was like at a time when slasher movies in the 80s was a thing but then they also took it back what were the was, faces they showed were like ah oh, like startling creepy, creepy but no gore no yeah. yeah it wasn't like there's blood and guts no. and you know they tried to make it like a classic ghost story. Yeah. Which, for these men. Right. So, poor old Doc is like trying to say something's wrong. And they won't listen. Well, I can't say Ricky because Ricky yeah. did Rick, want to. Yeah, they're kind of like, yeah. But then in walks Don. Don, yes. Walks in. And he says, into I want to buy my way into the Chowder Society. I have a story to tell you. And Searle, which was the leader guy. You buy your way into the Chowder Society. He was like, well, isn't that what it is? Like, you have right. to tell a story. And they allow him to tell his story. And they all give him a glass of brandy. And, you know. And then um, there's some feedback going on. So he says, I have a story to tell. And then he begins to tell the story of him meeting a woman named Alma. This whole part was, I was like. <laughs> I have so many questions about this. It's so. one thing. Okay, so he's a teacher at a college. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a normal day. He has this little girlfriend, or she was a teacher also. Music, I believe. Yep. And they're like hop skipping, you know. Just they seem like they yeah. were really into well, each other. Yeah. And, and uh, they get to the school they were like hey what's going on you know they walked together in I don't know if they walked to class or drove in whatever but anyway they came in and he looks over and he says who's that and she goes I don't know it must be somebody new or, that, that's you know, the new um, uh, secretary yeah the new secretary the dean or whatever and all of a sudden she comes and finds him and said uh, you know introduces herself and suddenly he comes up to her and, you know. He's infatuated he's with her like, all of a sudden. all of a sudden he forgets who even that other girl was, which I'm sorry I didn't write her name down. 
but her name Alma. <laughs> no, the other one. Oh, the yeah, I don't remember the other girl's and name. And suddenly he said to her, "It's like the first day you want to go out for. I want to take you to dinner." Yeah, I said, "Wow." <laughs> so he was an up and coming professor. The dean was really like into him, and he, you know, he, be- he becomes infatuated with the dean's secretary. It's um, like the first day they go out for dinner and they're doing this sexual ice cream feeding session. And which I'm like, was so freaking weird. And but then, it's <laughs> yeah. And then she like he feeds her, rubs her lips with the ice cream spoon. And I'm like, I thought oh, it was just on. like fudge or chocolate no, it was ice cream. <laughs> and then she takes her spoon or her chocolate ice cream and makes a mustache on his face. And I'm like, what the hell is happening And all of a here? sudden they run back to the house soaking wet. And then they are naked. And yeah, this whole like vigorous sexual act here. But then it's like they keep cutting to them. Like to me, and I know when you start a new relationship, two weeks seems like six months, you know, and you're running around and, you know, frolicking. And yeah. And these two, they're like at the college in the bathroom doing it. And they're just all over. And I'm like, and then soon they're engaged. And he, and he like forgets his duties at school. Yeah. Like suddenly he can't even teach anymore. He's not even at school. He's missed his classes. I'm like, dude, she ain't all that to be forgetting about your damn life. Every time they show them they're naked. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and how about the dinner, the one dinner scene where they're having dinner and she grabs his hand. They're all giggling and she puts it in her crotch. And he's like, oh, where did your panties go? <laughs> and she's not wearing panties. And he's all like, ah. And then the waiter's like, would you care to order? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, and then it was like, supposedly he lived on the beach, right? Because she lived in that house. So she was like hanging out at his house. No, that was her house. Was that her house? Because it looked like she, okay. Because it looked like she had an upstairs apartment or something. Yeah, right. And then they, it's probably like they rented a house on the beach. Okay. That's what the So suddenly in the next scene, like we go from having some sex and frolicking and we can't keep our jobs. And then she's like, so I want to be married and I want to be married in your hometown. Yeah. Um, (laughs) In front of everybody. And I want to meet your family especially your dad and his friends. And it's like, <laughs> I know I would ran off a guy in two seconds if I said that. <laughs> I might have in my young days. <laughs> yeah. In my I want days. you to meet my sister. <laughs> you got to like horror movies. <laughs> you got to drink and you got to <laughs> like horror movies. <laughs> but yeah, so... Things, you know, in his story, mind you, this is all within his story. He's telling the Chowder Society. And they're just listening. They're listening. They're just eating every word up. Yes. Okay. And um, so he tells them basically, you know, and, and at one point, and she will never tell him about her past. You know, when you're in a relationship, you tell about your life, your I past. I swear this relationship was like two days. It, it seems like two days. Like he was weirdly infatuated, like quickly. A power was over yes. him. And then when she brought up, I want to be married in your hometown, yes. suddenly we see him say, like, okay, I'm done having sex. You're ready to go back to your place. They get to her house. He goes, well, I'm going back to my house. Bye. Well, And I don't want to be married. But before <laughs> that, I think what happened was 
It was a couple weird instances. Mm, yeah, that's true. Yeah. There was a weird instance where, you know, for uh, she's sitting at the end of the bed. He wakes up and she's just like sitting there staring at him all creepily. Like, and he's like, are you all right? It's like not saying anything. And then she was like in the living room looking out in the ocean. Or yeah. Whatever. And then she says this weird thing. And then he's like, um, hello. And then she's just like smiling in the bed. I'm like, okay, this is weird. So I can get why Don said, uh-uh, I'm done. So then they go back to her house, and he tells her, I don't want to be married. I and decided. He just leaves and goes back. And then and the next she's day. she's pissed. Yeah. The next day, it's like, well, I got to go back to work in the real world. And they's like, screw you. You screwed up this job. And then they said, she's quit this morning. She didn't come back. Yeah. And then they go back to, you know, he goes back to her house. I don't know whether to see her. I think it is. Um, And the place is empty. How did she, in in 24 hours, empty out that place? <laughs> With all that crap. No. <laughs> so, you know, some weird things are going on. And I will revisit this whole part at the end of this, this story we're talking about. Because I have to. Anyway. So, <laughs> so, so he's then done they, with the story. So then he says, then David calls me yes. and says, hey, I'm in love. But she knows who you are. Yeah. So he's like, oh, so, you know, this lady called and she I see me on the street and she's yelling at me. She's calling your name. And I turn around and I'm like, who's this woman? And she's just like, um, she thinks that I'm you. And he said, well, did you tell her that you're not me? And she goes, yeah, of course I did. And she said that that she's not a bad person or don't believe that she's a bad person or whatever. And so Don Which, is Which, let like, me tell you, I think I've said that a few times. <laughs> to what, some twin brother? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't believe what you heard from so-and-so. Oh, I'm my good, goodness. No, I'm joking. You went, what? <laughs> Just cut that. <laughs> I mean, we all say that. You know, like, don't believe what you heard about me. I know. And even if it's just joking, you know, being funny. But yeah, so Linda, the brother, you know, gets hooked up with her. And I'm like, that is so weird. And so that's where we come into the beginning of the movie scene with the running bathwater. And he flies out the window with the wiggling willy. And <laughs> can't forget about the wiggling <laughs> willy, who it was a typical. Um, jungle of the 80s. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was like not a lot to see because, <laughs> you know, I'll leave it at that. So yeah, so then we breaks up with her and then, you know, then the Chowder Society, you know. Well, I don't, the doctor, yeah, you know, so he's trying to tell them why would this it, okay, it's too crazy that I had this girl, we were going to get married, and then she get, gets with my twin brother, right. dies, and then now my dad's dead. Right. So what's going on? So earlier in the in the f- film, um, you know, he, when his dad passed away, Don was going through his dad's physical effects and f- comes across this photo. And he's like, what is this photo? He's looking at it, and it's a picture of four men, which we've are, which we know are his dad and the Chowder Society back in the 20s. 
and there's a pic and a woman is in front of them. Her face is kind of blurred. And he can see her and when he's telling his story at the Chowder Society, he presents this photo and he says, I think that this woman in this picture is Alma. Dun, dun, dun. She's not real. Like my the, the woman that I know is not real. Well, they look at the photo and they're like, what do you mean? Like uh, some they kind of well, John Hausman's character is like, this is bullcrap, you know. However, the doctor and Ricky, Ricky is Fred Astaire, are like, oh, God. You know, they they know. And then they they proceed to tell them, because Don says, who is this woman? And they proceed to tell him, it's a woman we killed. Dun, dun, dun. So we're like, oh, man. Like, okay. So then they have to tell the story about so that. We do but, the whole... But, but let's like let's just pause that because okay. there is a a couple little things that happen around this little story. Okay, first off, the weird guy and the boy. Yes, that's what I was getting to. Okay. So Fred Astaire's character, Ricky, takes Don to the old house in town. The old house is where this woman named Eva lived. And Eva is the woman that they killed. And that was in the picture. That was in the you know, the photograph. So Ricky had gone there earlier and there was a squatter that like a guy and this little boy. They were like, it looked like seemed like they were squatting in the this house, you know, living there. And however, when he gets there, they know his name. And they're telling him. They're going to, you know, um, get revenge on him and they know all about him and he's going to pay. This whole town is going to pay and all this weirdness. The little boy is dressed in a woman's dress with high heel shoes. <laughs> Crazy. Like, and what looks the like the, going on? the kid no from context. the Christmas story, the that he that Ralphie beat up with the red hair oh. with the bad teeth. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So then, you know, Ricky wants to have, goes to the police and says, there's this squatter at the house and he wants to know who they are. He looks through some mug shots and finds a picture of him and finds out that he was like this cult leader. And, you know, so try to get the cops involved. What I didn't understand and I guess we'll talk about this too. Is this is a whole lot of crap for a ghost to to do? Like I know. Like, why would you have to employ the help of humans? Exactly. Because when Ricky, like in their encounter in the house, Ricky leaves the house, and then the squatter guy is there. I I call him squatter guy, but I don't remember his name. Uh, so anyway. He um, goes into a room and he's closing the door and he says, how was that? Was that good? And she goes, I loved it. Like, so he's talking to the ghost mm -hmm. because the ghost, he tells Ricky earlier, promised him everlasting life and all of this gonna kill him. stuff, like to help the ghost get, get, you know, vengeance, which is just strange to me. 
And we're going to get to the book part because I have more information about the book. So we're going to just, I know this may seem so crazy for you guys who maybe have not like read into this more often than others. But so then Don and Ricky are discussing this. You know, he tells, he tells them about, you know, it's, it's Eva tells the story. So then they cut to the 1920s. And they're sitting at this this little concert, you know, with some classical music, you know. And there's this bunch of people. And we cut to this woman who looks like Alma, which must be Eva. And she's sitting there all elegant-like. And all of these snooty-ass women are like, yeah, look at her, look at her. Because she don't have a man. She don't have a man. That's what they'd be saying about me. Yeah. No, they'd be like, look at her. Think she's cute. And, you know, and, yeah. th- you know, because she was obviously a woman of her time. She, you know, obviously she said she rented that house for the summer. So she had money of her right. own. So this woman rented this house in the summer, which was the older house that we've seen on her own. And all of the men in, in the place are like, they're just like all enamored by her. Like, oh, she's just hot. Oh, look at that woman. So we have the Chowder Society there. All and they were all kind of like geeky. Like, they were geeky. Uh, they weren't yeah. like suave. Or yeah, anything. they were from money. And then know. they were like running around with her. Yeah, so they end up making friends with her. And it's very confusing to me. Like, how do four men court a woman One at the woman. same time? They were all trying to get her attention. And they were all going on this like these excursions together rowing boats and yeah two are sitting in the boat and one's rowing and they're swimming and yeah just weird and then however her and ned hooked up well they were running through the in the grass and they your hat around yeah and then they fell next on top of each other type of thing and then the other and then they just like oh looked at each other in the eyes yeah and then the others came up and, and they're, they're like, like, oh, dang it. We lost. Oh, shucks. Oh, shucks. <laughs> he won. You know, and they yeah. all just kind of like, well, she paid her choice and like walked away. But she was like, uh, they, where'd everybody go? Yeah. <laughs> they were both looking at each other like, well, oh, this is weird. And then he says, well, I'm going to go with you guys. Wait up. And then leave her there laying on a blanket after they were rolling around. But. Then we cut to, you know, they kind of build a little bit of a romance, her and Ned. It could have been two hours. It could have been six days. I know. Three months. Things move fast (laughs) in movie time. But um, (laughs) so then we cut to, I guess, eventually they end up going to bed together. And I don't know how many times they were going to bed because. I think it was the only one time. Um, And things don't work out. Apparently, Ned had some trouble getting it up <laughs> because he's very upset. And he's shy. He's very upset and shy. And she grabs him and says, do you want to try again? And he's like, no, no. And so the guys are outside her house. The they're three drunk others, as hell. The three others. And they're like, hey, hey, like, come to the window. And then right. they see Ned yeah, without a shirt. Yeah, he's pulling his pants up and all that. And they're like, oh, oh something went on. Yeah. yeah. And he's a stud. He's a stud, yeah. So then Eva says, Ricky, would you please drive me home? And so he's like, 
Gosh, Jilliki, yeah! I'll drive you home. Jumping Jilliki! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All in their 1920s lingo, you know? Yeah. And so... Jumping chili beans! So I guess apparently they take her home or whatever, and the, and the four guys go out drinking more, mm-hmm. and they get all crazy drunk and show up at her house later. And, you know, when they're drinking, but when they're drinking at somebody else's house, I don't know whose house it is, they ask him, oh, my God, you got it on with Eva. What was it like? She was probably hot stuff. She was amazing. Amazing. Was amazing even a word like in the 20s? Like, that's what I was thinking. Like, you think it would be like some other kind of word, you know? Right. Um, But yeah, he basically tells them, doesn't, they don't know the truth, that he couldn't get his shit up and like couldn't get it on. Which is kind of strange. Yeah. So they're like, oh my God, you're like a God, you know? So, <laughs> so then they all decide to go over to Eva's house, and they're we're all drunk. drunk. Yeah, let's Super go see my drunk. girl. Yeah, maybe he can, yeah, yeah right? maybe we can get some. Oh my I don't know. god! So they go there. They're banging on her door and saying all this stuff. And finally, she opens the door and is like, "It's kind of late, guys. You know, she's she's kind of not having it. I think she's upset because of the whole thing that went on with Ned. But she looks at Ned and goes." Hello, Ned. And he's like, hi. So then they all, she lets him in the house and they're all drunk and doing all this craziness. So, Searle, which is John Houseman's character, I almost said John Houston. John Houseman's <laughs> character. This is not Gomez. No. <laughs> um, he's very. Um, Oh, God, I don't know how to explain it. Like, very creepy and very, like, sinister, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, so he's like, I want my dance. And I'm thinking to myself, like, this guy right here is an instigator. Like, right. I would be kind of nervous. Um, I feel like Eva's very strong and very, you know, forceful. However, you've got four men in your house that are drunk as hell. And you've got one man that I feel like, and I don't know what your feeling was on the movie. He was pissed because Ned had his chance with her. Um, And you could tell because the comments he was making that I feel like that there could have been some type of gang rape involved here. Yeah. He was so creepy. Like, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, he's going to start something. So what Eva does is, because he's like, I want my dance. And she's like, you'll get your dance. So then she goes to each one of the guys and she's like, I could take a bite out of you. She says that to the Douglas Fairbanks character. And she licks his face and he's all stunned like, oh my God. And then he doesn't, she doesn't do anything with Ricky's character because he's laying down (laughs) laughing and drunk. And then she looks at at Searle and says, dance with me, you little toad, grabs him up. But then like, you know, after the the licking of the face of the other guy, he calls her a slut and smack and she slaps him in his face. Oh, yeah. 
And so I, I feel like, oh God, you know, I felt very uncomfortable. I felt like I was in the room with them. Like, I felt like this guy is going to like start some shit with her. Well, Ned is like, Ava, stop it. You know, he, he honestly does not want anything to happen to her because he honestly cares about her. And so then she turns around to Ned and says, did, you know, you told them everything, didn't you? You told them. Did you tell them everything? Well, I'll tell you what happened. So she's going to tell them about what really happened, about Ned not being able to get it up. Ned freaks the hell out and screams, no, and then pushes her, and she smashes her face on the marble fireplace. And presumed she's, dead. She's presumed dead. Because the doctor... The doctor character who doesn't know shit. I'm sorry. He's like, what, 20? I'm a doctor. There's no pulse. Now, these are the things that I wrote my note. Pulse. Okay. okay. How to figure out if somebody is dead. Okay? I have been in the presence of somebody who has just died. So I can tell you the weird things that happen. Okay? It does not take long. We are talking minutes that the body turn, starts to lose its temperature. Like, it starts to just go away. The lips become blue. The eye around the eye becomes blue. All of this, everything that oxygenates the blood, become, you know, you can tell. So how does this man go, oh, she's dead, there's no pulse, okay. You know, no, you can tell if somebody is really dead. Well, and it, it was a true accident. Yeah. I would have been like, let's get out of here. Uh, <laughs> and then they like, she must have fell and hit her head if she, if that was the true case. Right, right, right. right. So it's 1929. It's, yeah. They didn't have freaking forensic files right, right. Out coming after you. So Tony would be skipping town. Like, <laughs> I'm I'm another, here. another one under my belt. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like another Madame Mallory. Yeah. Oh, I'm skipping yeah. away to France. Wee. <laughs> <laughs> Madame Laurie is some ghosty thing from, you know, New Orleans time in the 1800s. Without the horrible torture things. Yeah. But anyway, so they decide to devise a really quick plan. They don't look Because really, it's so smart, which it's is so, so smart. stupid. And I think it was John Hausman's character because he's a dick. Let's pretend that she, like, Crashed her Crashed car. car. The, well, whose car was it? Hers? I That's don't know. That's what I did. Like, and then they didn't even find it anyway. No. So they put her in the back seat of a car. One of those 1920 Model like, T's. <laughs> put her in the back seat of the car. And they're all crying like, bah! you know. And then they push the car into the lake. Or the pond, or I whatever. I don't know why those flimsy doors didn't just open. It's not like you're in a, B a Buick. Well, no, those cars were were like tanks back then. But yeah, I mean, but come on. I know. They could even jumped in the water and open the door. Like I, I don't. So, but they they push the car in there, and they're like, okay, we can't get you know. They're basically She's dead. Thinking, we can't get caught. You Let's know, grieve now. They have their whole lives ahead of them. They can't get you know any any trouble. They push the car in there, and it starts to sink. And as it starts to sink, they're like, did she just move? As they see in the little back window. And then all of a sudden, she raises out of the this back seat, and she's screaming as she's beating on the back window. 
because the cold water must have revived her because she was knocked out. And they're like, oh my God. And so Ned, poor Ned, he's trying to run to the car to save her and they stop him. That's what I was like. What the they hell? They stop him like, no, 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 no. Well, they're probably, well, what's his face? Is probably, Searle is probably thinking, well, she's going to come out and say we tried to kill her, you know, and all this stuff. So let's just get rid of her, you know. Meantime, they were trying to court her ass like a day ago. They're all trying to fuck her. Yeah. I mean, well, that's Ooh. true. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so weird. I know. Because like, what? Do you want all of them or do you want one? <laughs> Yeah, I, it's just crazy to me. But, um, so yeah, so the story is over. Like, they, they killed her and they they went on with their lives. But they maintained their little group. They were called the Chowder Society after all that time. Um, they moved on with their lives, got married, had careers, and now they're old men and they're Dreams have started to, nightmares have started to erupt, if you will. Dun, dun, dun. So, after that, we have the Doctor character, which is Douglas Fairbanks Jr.'s character. He's still upset. Nobody listens to him ever. Poor thing. And he was having a bad dream again. And he keeps saying, you know, oh, there's no pulse. There's no pulse. Like, he was the doctor. And so his wife is trying to console him during his nightmare. And he begins to choke her. And she's like, ah. Yeah, that and, was a good one. Yes. So he wakes up and he's like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> everything's fine. So the next morning. His wife comes up with a little tray and she's like, as she's coming up the stairs, a woman appears in the parlor. And I guess it would be the waiting area of his um, office because, you know, he's the doctor. And he, she tells the lady down the stairs, I'll be with you in just a moment. And it's a woman dressed in all in black, like a black veil, which, you know, like, okay. That's weird. It's 1981, 80. Nobody dresses like that. So anyway, she brings up the little tray and she's talking to her husband and trying to console him. It's all of those scary stories that you guys tell each other like. all the time. <laughs> and then, um, And then, like, those scary stories would do anything like that. You know, that's like saying that rock music is going <laughs> to. Right, right. So then she tells him, there's a patient downstairs in the parlor. And he goes, I don't see patients anymore. Obviously, this guy's like 100 years old. Like, when is the last patient he see? Back in 1970? <laughs> you know? So she goes downstairs to tell the girl, the woman, there's, you know, doctor doesn't see patients anymore. She'll have to move on. Well, she's gone. She's not there anymore. So then cut back to the doctor and he's upstairs getting ready. And With that shaving cream all over yes, his ear and face. He's having a heart attack. He starts to have a heart attack. So he starts, you know, waddling his way down the stairs and he's like, oh, he needs his heart medication. 
he's hanging onto the railing and he's walking down and <laughs> goes downstairs and he gets to his office and he can't find his pills. His pills are gone. Where does pills go? Dun, dun, dun. Well, we come to find, I know where his pills went. Like the lady in black, she was in there. Mm, who was that? Well, it's funny because he's like, I can't find, the wife finds him and uh-huh. can't find my pills. And she goes, the patient. Mm-hmm. Like she just knew. The patient said her name was Wimberly or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, Wimberly. Because that was Ava's <laughs> last name. So now he's getting his heart all stressed out even more. <laughs> and then like, that's probably not even her name. This is yeah. what I remember. I was like, about. I missed that one. Okay. And so then he, he starts looking frantically through the, like he's got this like big hutch that's got all these drugs in it. And so she goes to call the ambulance because he's like, call an ambulance. And like someone's going to get there right. in time. She goes, call the ambulance. And he's there. And his back is turning. He hears, I want to take a bite out of you. And then he's like, huh? He turns around. And he's like, Eva. And he turns around. And there's her old rotting face. And yeah, like, it's just, I don't know if that would kill me. No. Seeing a rotting face. And then he ends up, you know, dying from that. Now, I have a little bit of trivia about this scene. Okay. I'm so, listening. <laughs> so, this scene was supposed to be a little different. The makeup effects. So, the makeup effects were supposed to be, instead of this rotting face with the drippy goo and stuff, she was supposed to have a blank face with just a big mouth with her hair in her face and then she was supposed to flip it up and go ha you know yeah and the camera was supposed to go down in her mouth now they view this as okay this is this idea is a little bit too creepy for this you know of course the time period which but then seeing all the boobs and willies were okay <laughs> i guess so you can see boobs and willies but you can't see rotting um, faces rotting faces you know <laughs> Blank faces that are too scary. Or blank faces, yeah. But this face was, I don't know if anybody has ever seen the film or the remake of House on Haunted Hill. Mm-hmm. You see the one woman. Yes. She's got the reddish hair uh-huh. and her hair's blowing back mm-hmm. and she's got that big mouth. With yes. That is that is what was supposed to be in this movie. See, I would have liked to see that. So, yeah, that was what's supposed to, she was supposed to flip her hair back. Her hair was in her face supposed to blow back and then just this big giant mouth with no eyes no nose just oh a big so creepy yeah. yeah but they deemed it too you know too, scary. too creepy so if you ever watch house on haunted hill the remake look for that effect and think back to this was supposed to be in ghost story 1981 <laughs> so yeah so now our doctor is gone he's gone so we flip to Ricky and Don, who decide to go to the old right, and house. Searle is there, and too. Searle. He's finally succumbed to the fact, like, okay. Because yeah. he never admits it about the nightmares and things, because he's always up drinking. There's something going on with him, too. Yeah. But we never really hear or see anything. So I think he's up drinking. For, I think a scene I've seen. He's up drinking by the fire, and he hears the crying. Yeah. 
So Cause I, that's a lot what you hear in this movie. Yeah. So I think that's what it is. Like he gets that. All right. So then Don, Ricky and Cyril decide to go back to the old house to confront her, to confront her, which I don't know what the plan is. Right. Like, like what are you going to do? Who's going to grab her? Yeah. Like what's happening? You're going to give her a good talking to like, <laughs> now you stop this. Right. We're sorry we killed you, but come on. But anyway, um, so they go there and, and the old rotting wood just yes. collapses the stairs and Don, Don falls gets through hurt. and breaks his leg. Breaks his leg. He's stuck there. What the heck? And so Cyril goes, I'm going to go get help. So he gets outside and he gets in the car. His, his Rolls Royce, yeah. mind you. And he takes off. As he takes off, he see you know he's driving, and the same tow truck, the the snowplow guy is just like looking over. He's always around. He's always around. It must be snowing snow out there. Yeah, lot. he's got he, this snowplow guy is busy. He's really busy. <laughs> um, he and he's busy plowing snow and seeing people die. So, so Cyril is driving and he sees Eva in the middle of the road, dressed in nineteen twenties, obviously not. Uh, weather appropriate. It's like <laughs> she's dressed in 1920s summer gear. <laughs> little hat, little short skirt. And he's like, ah! ah! And then, like, her face turns skeletal and goes through the car. And then he crashes Crash- into a snowbank. Yes. And he's like, shit! What the hell? My Rolls Royce is fucked! So. <laughs> but then. All of a sudden, he looks in the rearview mirror, and that creepy kid is in the back. Yeah, the one that looks like the one from the Christmas story. Yeah. With the bad teeth. He comes barreling through, and then it's a, a off-screen, so he's like an off-screen kill. Yeah. That's what we think. He stabs him. Yeah. Yeah, something weird. I think, Cyril, I think he should have had a worse death because of that whole scene, his yeah. creepiness. I, I don't know. He should have got it worse than anybody. So... Now Ricky come and back Don to the house. are kind of like, what the hell? Is this taking forever? Yep. He's like, I'm going to go and see what's going on. Right. Ricky does. And then Don's like, all right, I'll stay here with my broken leg. Which, so, whatever. I'd be going to yeah, the door I'm and get out of there. Over. So Ricky leaves and he flags down a car outside the house. And guess who that car is? And the car is being driven by that old, that old squatter guy <laughs> and so he's like get in or die get in so <laughs> he gets in and they're driving toward town so it, com- it turns out that the squatter guy is like yeah blah 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 saying all this weird creepy stuff about killing him and you need to pay and she's promised me everlasting life and and then um Ricky's like, uh, no, I don't think so. And I, I, I honestly think that they're going to the pond of the lake. That's what I feel. Like. I think he was probably going to go into the lake, kill himself. Yes. Because he wants everlasting life. Right. And kill Ricky. Right. Like she died. Yes. Well, Ricky, which, okay. For an old man. Oh, well, okay. Ricky pulls out a knife and stabs him. And I'm like. Holy shit, Fred Astaire, Mr. Dancing on Air, is, is stabbing somebody. <laughs> like, I was so I'm like, going to shank you. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Fred Astaire, oh my God. Like, 
You know, because he didn't know you had it in you. Wholesome spinning and dancing with Ginger Rogers, you know. Yes. In sync. Doing <laughs> some freaking like, you know, murdering. And I, I was it, impressed. Right. But. So they kind of come to a stop like they don't right. crash into the pond. And of course. We don't we don't know what happens after that. He gets out of the car, obviously, because then he calls the local tow truck driver. Yes. And the cops. And he's like, we got to get this car out of this lake or pond, which right. I guess it was kind of like half frozen, half not. They I were able to, 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 to know the real like conversation with Ricky and these guys. Like, yeah. I killed a girl. I killed yeah. my friends 50, <laughs> 70 years ago or whatever. <laughs> right. So then while they're doing all of that business, we cut back to Don. Don is in the house, the creepy house. And then all of a sudden... There is, um, I'm having a little feedback. Sorry, everybody. Okay, there we go. Um, and she keeps dropping her mic drop. <laughs> I'm doing the original mic drop. Okay. Okay. So they cut back to Don, and he's in the house, and suddenly she's walking down the stairs. Right. But she's human at this point. Well, she she's taken on night. And yeah. have you noticed, like, when she comes down the stairs... There's the stair that broke and Don fell. Uh huh. She floats right over it. Oh, see, I didn't even yeah. like notice that. Yeah. So she she's just kind of gliding down these stairs and she's like in a wedding dress and she's so like serene and so like just floating like down. Like I'm it. here for my wedding day. Yes. And in Milburn. Yes. And she comes down and she's like, Hello, Don. And he's like, Ah you know. Right. Because he knows, he's known all along who she is. Right. So then they cut back to the pond. They keep cutting back and forth, back and forth. Now, it's it's night when he first gets there. Or, or no, he, it's day when he first yeah, gets there. Yeah, now it's getting to be night. And then he's like, yeah, we got to pull up, pull the car up. And, and they're all like, what in the hell? Yeah, like, okay, ha, crazy ha. old man. Right, so they're pulling this old car out of this First pond. they had to find it. That's something else. Like, how this does it takes a long time? Yeah. So and, and, and even to get them to agree to do it. Exactly. What did he say? Do we need a court order or something? Right. So they're pulling it up. There's a Model T for yep. sure. So you know. it's slowly pouring, and it's day. And then we cut back to Don, and, and it's night. It's night. And I felt like and we're in a freaking Ed Wood movie. Yeah. Day, <laughs> night. <laughs> we're Bella, plan, not yeah. Bella. Yeah, Plan Nine. Yeah. So then, um, so Eva Alma is having a conversation with Don. Like, you know, she's like, you know, he's like, and she's saying all this stuff. And then she starts spouting off the same thing she said to the him in, you know, that room there where she was looking about, you know, how she would. Watch the life drain out of him and all yeah. that stuff. Same thing we just played earlier. Crazy shit. Right. And then, you know, and then she like caresses his face with her skeletal hand and he's like, ah! and of course I would be. And then the car, they cut back to the car and it's and up now. It's pulling out and it's, it's, it's night now. <laughs> How long did it take to pull this car out? That's a slow ass winch. <laughs> <laughs> so then 
I love the part where Fred Astaire goes and he's trying to open the door like, me, 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 my old ass self. <laughs> my old ass arthritic hand from all that dancing. <laughs> I'm trying to open this door. So he tries like five times and can't get it open. So then they cut back to Don and he's screaming because she says basically she's going to kill him. Yeah. And then they go back Come to the car. Me. Yes. And then Fred Astaire finally opens the door. Now, I will say okay, at this part. Here we go. This was kind of the best part. Yes. So he opens the door. Sorry to jump in here like this. And there's a skeleton of her in there. But as it it kind of it looked like a like a person like in a suit I'm an sure actor, yeah. an actor yeah get up out of there and then kind of come charging to the door right and like I'm gonna get ya you know and then it kind of rolled to the side like oh it fell out right and it was her skeleton falling out onto the ground right and when that happened it was like chunks were falling off yeah, from hair, being yeah. in she still had hair on her and it was chunks falling yeah. off and then as Fred Astaire looked on my thought process was like him thinking like imagining her what she used to look like yeah you know and and it just disintegrated into this thing and so they at, took a few minutes like seconds like on that body too yeah yeah they, and that they, whole Part I know it was like chunk of flesh, like old decayed flesh, yeah, like falling off. Yeah, just like sheets of her of her scalp, yeah, were falling off with her hair. You know, like honestly, I think a person in a body in the bottle body of water for that long would not have that. <laughs> it would right. be worse. <laughs> and it was like gummy and gooey. Yeah, gummy and gooey, and then it's like they cut to Dawn back at the house, and, it, and she's, she's gone. She's gone, and he's still alive. So apparently, okay, what the story wants to say is that Fred Astaire's like a, character acknowledged that they did that and then all was good. Oh, I just thought it was supernatural. Find the body, burn the bones. But I, I just don't know. Like, <laughs> do you think, okay, listen to me. So if you think that you were so pissed off because some ass killed you. I wouldn't have went through all that trouble. Like, just would kill you him. be happy with like, okay, you I'm gone. Open the car door. And I'm fine. <laughs> no, I'd be like, oh no, 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 we're not done yet, sir. Right. And why would you? The whole thing we were thinking, why is this woman? Is this a real woman possessed by her, or was this like this is oh, a lot of energy? A with ghost? Don? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, when when Don like was dating this woman. How much, okay, we know ghosts, it, you know, ghosts ha- need a lot of energy to do things. This guy was dating her for what? A few days at least. <laughs> at least two days. <laughs> right. It was and people working a job her. in those two days. And she's walking around like, hello. I you took know? your man. Yeah. Like, or <laughs> or was it, now my husband brought that that, you know, other flip side to think about, like, or was she possessing somebody and yeah. he only seen her as that and everybody else seen her as who that woman really was? I don't know. Or, True. True. or were the, the, all of this stuff she was doing, she was so like, she was so like active and everything, like dressing up in the woman in black and visiting and, walking around and grocery shopping or whatever she was doing 
uh, it could be like they, the men that their energy and their nightmares and their fear was feeding that right. to where she was able to manifest the energy from that. I don't know. Am I thinking too deeply about this? I feel like what we would tell my mom what? <laughs> back in the day. It's a movie. Don't supposed to be real. <laughs> right, right. Because our mom would say, I don't believe that shit. <laughs> uh, now, the problems I have with this movie, I mean, I did enjoy it. But however, there are some aspects of this movie. It's like, what the hell? Um, where, what, what is this squatter guy and this little boy doing in this movie? How, I don't understand why they're, was they this, popped was in. this his boy? I don't understand. Right. Where'd you get this little boy at? So, okay. So now let's get into the story of the book because this was based on a book. Now, I think they took some, uh, some information from the book and tried to put it in this film because in the book, She's not really a ghost. She is a shape-shifting entity. Well, then that would make more sense. That's been alive for thousands of years. Yeah, because I said when we were watching this movie, maybe this is somebody that's done this for years before them. It just seems very strange. Because she just in, whisked into town and right. rented a house for She was a, very you know, strange. Yeah. Very strange. Um, And so... That that's what I'm thinking. And then she's a shape shifting entity. And then they kind of like they kind of like kill her. Kind of yeah. the same thing happens to her, I guess. And then she comes back. And then she tries to get these guy, the, these guy and the boy. And the guy and the boy, he was a cult leader. And then um, the little boy is like. He was being molested by that guy. What? Yeah. <laughs> and that's where you get the wearing the women's clothes. and What? It's just strange, strange stuff. So, um, yeah, he did, it just didn't belong in this film. No. The it, film was better than I suppose. They should have just omitted that business because I, I don't understand that. Yeah. I think it would have carried on as a ghost story and right. without them. Right. But... I agree. It was entertaining. It was entertaining. I enjoyed seeing them. You know, mm -hmm. it was a, it was an entertaining. Film. It was. I would watch it again for what it is. Mm -hmm. Go in there just thinking it's just just a movie. There's going to be some, uh, you know, instances that you're like, what the hell is happening? But just just let it go. I thought the old actors were great. You know, it was great to see them and they're, you know, mm -hmm. coming back. Well, I did. Um, watch on YouTube I think um, you know when they were making the film they would eat dinner together every night oh, all really? the actors and they the, you know of course Fred Astaire and Fairbanks and you know mm -hmm. all of them now would it, tell stories about the old days oh. and all the other act younger actors of course were like enamored with oh them, i would be too you know and to hear all that so that was you know actually she um alice Krieg. alice Krieg is the one that gave the interview and she was older obviously this was like in 2000 it was like in the late 2000s you know it wasn't yeah. nowadays but it was a, a more recent interview and she looked the same mm -hmm. i went yeah she 
You know, now she was in a movie that I liked oh, yes. in the 80s with that, Sleepwalkers. Yes. I was like, she was that one. Yep. And she played the mom um, where her and her son were like shapeshifters. Like they turned into cat like type things and they had like a weird this is Stephen relationship. King. Yeah. And then she was also in a film, um, Hansel and Gretel, where oh. she was the old witch. Oh. So the creepiness that she, you know, put into this film is carried into that. Like you can feel that same creepiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, have you seen? Yes. Yeah. You got to watch Hansel and Gretel. Did you see that? I probably have. It's been a while. Yeah. But I definitely seen, you know, Sleepwalkers. Because yeah. I actually went to the movies to see yeah. that back in the day. I yeah. Because I was a big Stephen. Charles. Yeah. Yes. Her son is Charles. And- <laughs> yeah. All right. But- so, that sums up Ghost Story. That was Ghost Story. Last call. Yep. Last call. Um, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> our final thoughts. How was your cocktail? I see it you was very it. ticky. I but you drank it. <laughs> yes, I see you drink it. Uh, would you have another one of those on a good night? Yeah, on a good night. What does that mean? <laughs> Where, I, like, I need to booze it up or something. <laughs> it was a strong one. I thought it was very good. Mine's gone, of course, but um. <laughs> And Ghost Story, would you recommend it to other people? Or? I would. It it was a good one. I will say it was a good movie. Um, especially you don't need to think about it being a book because it was a better movie than it's a book. It's just like a just just a silly little movie from the early eighties, and well, and just enjoy it. Especially the time period, it's more like an old classic horror movie than I don't want to see even horror, you know. Yeah, it's not no. it's not a horror. But no. you know, as far as in the eighties they were doing more slashing and mm-hmm. guts and yeah. things uh, like Dick that. Dick Smith did the um the makeup effects, all of the everything the little flashes of the corpses that you've seen. Um, you know, and, and of course Dick Smith was did the exorcist and he right. was the mentor to all of the our modern, you know, horror makeup uh artists so it was kind of unique to see that but yeah there was no like gore really honestly yeah. I, in my opinion just scary no and i mean the whole thing was is also because she was coming after them and they kind of whatever they visioned is what they would have you know they yeah. were old anyway <laughs> yeah, they were old anyway so so of them in their kept secret right all right so that is our show for Ghost Story. We're closing episode number 10. Yeah. So uh, we are going to let announcer guy close our show as usual to give you all of the information about the uh, show. And please be sure to hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, or email. Please. And definitely uh, subscribe and give us some of your thoughts and requests. Yes, if you have a movie to uh, request, let us know. Or a movie or you know that you think we haven't seen. We'll definitely let you know if we've seen it or not. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so we will close out this show. Everybody have a great night. We will see you or talk to you later. See you in the lounge. Bye. <laughs>
You can email the ladies of the lounge at absurdcinemalounge at gmail.com. Become a lounger and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Absurd Cinema Lounge. The music for today's episode, Stompin' Jazz Night by Golden Age Radio and Mirror Inside by Cabi Costa. Our featured cocktail recipe was provided by acouplecooks.com. Ghost Story is a universal production. No copyright infringement is intended. Be sure to join us for episode number 11, where the ladies will discuss Some Like It Hot from 1959. I'm announcer guy telling you, I will take you places you've never been. I will show you things that you've never seen, and I will see the life run out of you. The lounge is now closed.